Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, Joe, we are back in Newport Beach, and you know what? I've got to tell you, pleasantly surprised this episode. Um, I feel like episodes one and two, there was a lot of drama, like a lot of drama, mm-hmm. more drama than I was a fan of keeping track of, but this episode, it's in that good, good spot that I love where it's kind of um, digestible. Yeah. <laughs> Every- Everything that's happening is very digestible, which doesn't sound like the biggest compliment in the world, I guess, as I say it out loud, but I really do mean it as a compliment. Yeah, it is. Um, I, I like I had to stop myself these two episodes from watching more because before you know it, I'm going to binge it. And it's these two episodes that kind of kick off why I love season two so much. It's a real so. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. So season one, mm-hmm. I feel like if I had any complaints, it would be that it was just nonstop, over-the-top teenage drama bullshit to like a point where it was becoming exhausting. Mm-hmm. These two episodes were way more lighthearted. And we would occasionally get episodes like this in season one. Um, but this week's episode, next week's episode, were just like, they were just like comfy. They were comfy watches. Is season two a little bit more comfy watch stuff, or am I still? Should I still emotionally prepare myself for a lot of like screaming at the television stuff as well? Yes, it's both. <laughs> it's okay. There's stuff that's like comfy and kind of quirky, reminding like the producers remember that this is like a teen drama. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it, like there was such high like stakes in the first, in the first uh, season that we kind of, uh, we don't get, we get that still in the second season for sure, especially towards the end. But um, we, it, we're kind of like, like easing ourselves into that a little bit. 
Fair. Okay. I can live with that. I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I, Joe, I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm literally excited for what happens next. Like I'm, I'm on board. I'm thrilled right now. So let's start this episode, uh, right out the gate. We find out Caleb's been arrested. Hell of a headline in the newspaper, letting us know about that. Uh, and you know, there is, Here's something I'm going to say about this episode, and I'm going to say it next week as well. They are really, they're really nailing these cold opens. Uh, mm-hmm. They're just such a quick, fun, fills the audience in with everything that's happened up till that point, and then like into the and it doesn't feel like a huge dramatic shift. It's like a so far they they've really been these upbeat, funny uh, kickoffs. Uh, I actually literally wrote the whole opening. The whole cold opening this episode is just top tier writing. And for this one, it's that Ryan and Seth are discussing if, well, it's not even, it's not even a discussion. Um, Ryan is basically telling Seth, Summer's correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are self absorbed. Yep. You are self centered. Everything comes back to you. And Seth keeps declaring that he's going to stop doing that. He's going to be a new man. Um, but then literally any time that Ryan changes the conversation, Seth immediately brings it back to himself uh, and then like can't believe that he can't control himself better. It's almost as if they are listening to what the audience is saying about how yeah. whiny Seth is. <laughs> now, so so spoiler alert for next week. Um the whole chunk of this episode is based on like this is going to be a new Seth Cohen, mm-hmm. new new era of Seth Cohen. He's not going to be the spoiled Seth Cohen anymore. And next week's episode is literally called the New Era. Era, Jesus Christ, the mm-hmm. New Era. But like, I can already tell it's just the same old Seth Cohen bullshit. Like, Joe, can I strap in for there to be some beautiful? growth with Seth Cohen where I go, man, now he's become a really, truly likable character or much like when you watch any sitcom, is it just going to be the hard reset back to spoiled brat Seth Cohen until the bitter end of this goddamn show? I honestly don't know um, because it's been a while since I've, since my last rewatch. It's been a while. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was great. Uh, it's been a Thank while you. since my last rewatch, and so I'm not exactly sure where we go. I just know that like this this season is we are definitely exploring kind of Adam Brody's range of playing this particular version of Seth. And once we get to, we'll see what happens when we get to the third season. But as of right now, just kind of, just kind of believe the show when it's telling you something <laughs> about Seth and like okay. let that inform you as we move through. Okay. I can do that. I can do that. Maybe. <laughs> fair. Um, fair. So then we jump to school and this is where we meet our newest character, Lindsay. Uh, well, the newest character at this point in the show, then we get to meet another new character who I, for for a split second, foolishly thought was going to be a throwaway character, but mm-hmm. I, it seems that they're both here to stay. Um, so this new girl, Lindsay, shows up right out the gate. Like, 
I just hate high school mean characters. I feel like they're never written correctly. Like, so like she parks her car and she's like, is this where I'm, I'm a new student. Is this where I, I should park in like one of the generic mean spoiled rich girls is just like, yeah, if you're not too embarrassed to be seen there or whatever. And then like, she's got a poor person's car. (laughs) She's here on scholarship. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's just whatever. And then, Joe, Mm -hmm. I know that I've asked for the OC to be more lighthearted, to be more comedic, but Mm -hmm. what is this accident-prone, like, (laughs) slapstick comedy bullshit that they're trying to do? You didn't like the meat cute? Oh, my God. I literally wrote... What is this slapstick comedy meet cute nonsense? <laughs> like, just, just horrible. Like, the first one, I was like, oh, that's cute. Like, he turns around, he hits her with coffee, and then when he goes to get the napkins, he, like, hits her by mistake. And, like, at that point, I'm like, she's got to understand how absurd this this accident is, and she's, like, going along with it. And then by the time it's, like, they're walking into, like, class, and he, like, also bangs her head with his backpackers i'm like what the fuck this this in no way shape or form matches the ryan atwood that i know yeah at all like like yeah like it it's like they just suddenly had to create this new character for ryan just to make the meat cute work because all of that as soon as they're in class together all of the clumsy bullshit just stops now now it's back to smooth talk and smart ryan atwood suddenly like it's so inconsistent with his character drives me absolutely bonkers but that being said as soon as the accident prone shit stopped i was kind of into their chemistry yeah their chemistry is is actually really good (laughs) and like i forgot how much i love Lindsay. (laughs) i it's also weird because like she's She's doing this thing where, like, he's accident prone, so she reads. She's he's accident prone and hot, and so she reads that as like he's on the water polo team and just kind of a bumbling idiot. Which, yeah. like, okay, I can see your point, but it was it was kind of like it was very like all like hot lives matter, like <laughs> yeah. Oh, would she say God doesn't give people two gifts? Yeah, God doesn't <laughs> give with both to- hands. Yeah, give with both hands. Um, so that's that's where we at. Where we at? That's where we're at with uh, with Ryan. Is that he's met this girl Lindsay. She don't like him. They're forced to be lab partners, and we'll get back into what's going on with them as lab partners for the most part. But basically, like Lindsay does all the work. Ryan's like, no, I'm not an idiot. Like I want to participate, and he like rats her out for not working with him. Uh, and they get a second assignment, and they're forced to be lab partners. And that's where they kind of break down that wall a little bit. And she's able to say, hey, you actually know what you're doing, uh, and I was wrong to judge you so quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's pretty much where we're left with these two characters. Mm-hmm. Now, in the world of our favorite narcissist, Seth Cohen is coming to terms with the fact that Summer's moving on. She's going to date Zach. And in an effort to try to win her over by being overly supportive, uh, he gets a job working at 
a local club called The Bait Shop, mm-hmm. uh, where he is the employee of Olivia Wilde, who I did not anticipate would be in this more than an episode, but she shows up next week, and I and I may have accidentally saw that she shows up for 12 more episodes, yeah. which is approximately 10 more than I was willing to guesstimate on this, but whatever. Um he shows up and finds out that if he works at the club, then he will get tickets, free tickets to the show, and then he wants to get two free tickets to gift Summer and Zach so that they can have a lovely date and show that he's not thinking of himself all the time, but the whole point is that he's doing this to make Summer think that he's not self-centered, so in theory... He is doing this for himself. The layers, Joe. The mm-hmm. layers of the onion that is the OC. Um, but yeah, she goes to see this group, the Walkmen. And let me tell you something, Joe. This group may have been hoping for that Rooney bump. And I was really into their first song. But dear Lord, by the time their second song is playing, am I over this band? Yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't and, work for every band, for sure. <laughs> no, and and sitting here in 2023, I can categorically tell you that 2025 or 2005 was not the year of the Walkman. <laughs> this was this was a gamble that did not succeed. Um, but you know, again, dig Olivia Wilde's character of Alex. Uh, she seems pretty chill. Uh, we'll get more into her next week, though. Um, Back at the Cohen household, the sheer fact that Sandy is going to fight to help Caleb uh, means that he is now unemployed. Uh, so he has lost his job because his firm does not believe that Caleb is the type of client that they should have. Mm-hmm. Uh, being a a, hus- a good husband who loves and cares about his wife, he says that I will leave and I will take him on as my only client. Not digging this. And then, Joe, I want to read you a quote directly out of my notes. Hit me. So throughout this episode, Sandy is telling Caleb he needs to step down. He needs to put someone else in charge of the Newport group. Uh, And it's very clear that the person that should be is Kirsten. She's the only person that really knows what's going on. So Caleb makes a giant decision. He sits there with the family and he says, I've made a decision to step down. And the new person in charge will be Julie Cooper. And I wrote, sweet, Julie Cooper will be the CEO of the Newport Group. Is this the episode where I'm supposed to start liking her suddenly, Joe? (laughs) Question mark. (laughs) No. (laughs) It is definitely not. 921 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. Matt, the like logic and magical thinking of you know what will save my marriage is if I make my wife CEO. And yeah. I'm watching this again and I'm like, why 
what was the motivation again? Was it something Not, legal because like of, you know, uh, marital privilege and, you know, like I thought it was something deeper than that. And it's like, no, I need her to stand. I, I really need her to stand by me. And the only way she's going to do that is if I make her CEO of the whole fucking company. Yeah. Is this the same? Is this is the one downside when we watch two episodes before recording. Is this also the episode where Julie Cooper shows up and says something to Marissa about how, you know, losing Jim already broke up their family, but she's planning to stand by Caleb mm-hmm. to keep the family together. And Russ is like, man, because I was really hoping that you wouldn't do that and he would dump your ass and then I could go move back in with my dad who I'd rather live with. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> Marissa is yeah. not even remotely holding back any punches in this episode. No, no, not at all. Well, She's also like, you know, I I needed to go to the montage uh, or, you know, whatever the fuck. Uh, I left my seaweed wrap when I saw the news. <laughs> it's, it, it's a good... This is such a fun episode. And I actually think next week's episode is even more fun. Like, I... I this was after the post-Oliver slog that we sat through with, like, the end of season one... And the beginning mm-hmm. of season two kind of wrapping up those loose ends. It really was like every episode was like, oh, God, I got to hit play again on the next one. This one, I could not wait to hit play next. And mm-hmm. then when next week's episode ended, I was like, no, <laughs> like I want it more. I want it more OC goodness. Um, if it keeps this tone and vibe, of course I'm in. And from everything I've heard, it only goes up from here until the final episode. There's not a single dip in quality or anything <laughs> to be seen. So, so I think the people have been waiting for me to fully embrace and love the OC. Like it's just around the corner, y'all. Like I will, <laughs> I will be devoted into this being the best written teen drama in history. You're saying a lot of things that. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like sarcasm. Um, <laughs> I cannot tell, and I uh, I, I don't love speaking. Speaking of, it sounds like sarcasm. Great dialogue exchange. I wish I had written it down verbatim, but there's a dialogue exchange between Ryan and Lindsay when they're fighting, and he says, "She says like, I don't ever want to speak to you," and he's like, "Oh man, but I was so excited to speak to you." And she's like, well, I'm not. And he goes, well, I was being sarcastic. And she said, and I'm not. <laughs> like a second. I was like, love it. Love that is that is some that's the OC writing I've heard about. <laughs> like that's good writing. Even when Lindsay like kind of pseudo apologizes and he's like, and Ryan's not, he's like, you know, you're you have to say the words. <laughs> like, like I'm like, I love that for Ryan. I love that he's just like, no, 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 no. You don't, you don't treat me like crap for the entire week, and then just be like, "So I guess you're not as awful as I." No, say I'm sorry that I judged you. You're another poor child from Chino, and I should respect you as my soulmate. It's a testament to Ben McKenzie's acting ability, right? Because not yeah. only is he kind of the dark brooding main character lead of the of the of the series, he also has like the comedy chops and the timing. And, you know, that all of that to work into it. He's probably the best utility player on the show, I think, Mm -hmm. in that sense, because he really does. Of all the other characters like, you know, Seth Cohen, 
clearly carries like we'll say Adam Brody this time. Adam Brody specifically can carry the comedic beats mm-hmm. a little bit better than when he tries to carry the dramatic moments which he doesn't get a ton of them but like when his character is supposed to be sad it's kind of whatever I would actually say the same thing for Marissa which is unfortunate because mm-hmm. she has more dramatic beats than comedic beats yeah and I just can't buy most of her dramatic beats mm-hmm. um summer I would put in that same category as well really way better with the comedy than the drama yeah but but yes Ryan the the actor playing Ryan whose name I just completely blanked him Ben McKenzie Ben McKenzie um Ben McKenzie really does balance both of the needs uh pretty smoothly at least amongst the kid actors I would say that obviously uh Sandy Cohen juggles both pretty well although again he's got an easier job he's He's the lighthearted like hero of every situation. He he very rarely has to play the person in the wrong or the bad guy very much mm-hmm, so far. Mm-hmm. So so we'll see. I don't know. Anything could change. But uh, all in all, I mean, we don't do rankings on this episode on this show. We don't do scores or anything. But I will say this is this ranks high in my memory banks as an episode that I have enjoyed. So now I think it's time to talk about music because I noticed something, Joe. What did you notice? It took until the fall next week's episode for me to fully lock this in. Seth working at this venue is the way that they're going to introduce a band every single week on the OC for the foreseeable future, aren't they? Pretty much. <laughs> and because of that, there is definitely also a direct correlation with the the music of the episode. I mean, the numbers just have skyrocketed since we've entered season two. They clearly knew that people were tuning in for some sweet tunes. Uh, so... Let's go through everything that happened in this episode musically. Uh, in the opening scene, we're hearing On the Table by A.C. Newman. Uh, side note, A.C. Newman has a phenomenal cover of Take On Me that is worth checking out. Uh, assessment by the Beta, beta, beta oh my God, by the Beta Band mm-hmm. uh, shows up when Lindsay first gets to the school. No Yes No by Pet plays when Summer and Marissa are talking about their boy troubles. Uh, Faded Beauty Queens by The Thrills play when Seth finally earns his tickets. Little Houses of Savages by The Walkman is the first song we hear them playing. Uh, What's In It For Me by The Walkman is the second song that we hear playing. And then at the end of the episode, we hear Warn Me Down by Rachel Yamagata. Joe, there was not a lot that I loved musically in this episode, especially compared to what we get next week. Uh, but did you have a song that jumped out at you as the song of the episode? Worn Me Down. I think that's fair. I think that that's fair. It ties up all the storylines. It's beautifully used. Yeah. I'm trying to do this thing where I don't just pick the final song because that's like the point of it, <laughs> of the whole. I feel I, listen, you know? Joe, if if I know you the way that I think I know you, I don't think that next week you're picking the last song. I no. think that there is a clear, <laughs> there is a clearly better song than what was used as the last song. I'm actually shockingly as much, as much shit as I talked on the Walkman. I really liked that first song. When that mm-hmm. first song started playing, uh, Little Houses of Savages, I was like, oh, have I just discovered my new favorite band? Um, but it was that second song, the the what 
what's in it for me like slow ballad i was like mm, nope i'm out <laughs> like, nope not mine thank you <laughs> did yeah please take this back no thank you but yes that's that last song worn me out worn me down is is also very very good uh but joe we're not totally done our show just yet because much like newport beach has the bait shop a spot where people can come and indulge in the newest and greatest of pop culture we have a little spot on our show where we can indulge in any time period of pop culture. Uh, so what have you been watching, listening to, uh, reading, whatever that you need our audience to know about? Um, I recently started Jury Duty on... Oh, it's a delight. ...on Amazon Prime, and I it really is. That guy is so, like, wholesome... <laughs> Yes, they couldn't have rolled a better dice on like a guy to do this show with. Mm-hmm. And he just has like the purest, he's like a pure human being mm-hmm. and is like in many ways like a very true neutral to a lot of the chaos that's going on around him. Yeah. But like in a way that is not icky or yucky. I'm also like I haven't finished it yet. Like I'm on the fourth or fifth episode. So 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 this is not a spoiler. Uh what is it? Eight episodes or nine episodes? How however many episodes it is. Let's say hypothetically it's eight episodes. Mm-hmm. The actual show is over on episode seven, and episode eight is a delightful, like behind the scenes on how they pulled off the show. Oh, awesome. I was like, man, we are really taking the premise of Joe Millionaire. No, not Joe Millionaire. What was the, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, Joe Millionaire was one of them for sure. Joe Joe Millionaire was the one where it was just an everyday guy that they told everybody was a millionaire. No, but like, you know which one I'm talking about, right? Like Average Joe, I think is what it was called. Average Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, Joe Millionaire was a was the I think that was the first of the one where I was like, I can't believe that they're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a dude with no net worth, but they just told everybody he was rich and then let it play out. And uh that was that was early on in reality TV. Um, I'm gonna go with a thing that is now streaming. Um and I don't think anyone expected this to be as good or fun as it ended up being, and mm-hmm. that is the Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh just just so funny, so charming, so well written. Um if you've ever played D&D, the attention to detail that they do is phenomenal. What I loved about it was John Francis Daly co-wrote it. <laughs> yeah, Sam Weir. Like you know that that dude loves D&D. Yeah. There's no way. Uh did you see the uh Freaks and Geeks Geeks reunion trailer that they made for that no. when it was in theaters. They did a they did they did a, a teaser trailer that showed you none of the movie, um, where it just cuts to the interior of the warehouse and it's him, Sam Levine, and Martin Starr dressed as their characters from Freaks and Geeks, and they're finishing up a game of D and D and talking about how great of a campaign it was, and then um, <laughs> Sam. Sam uh, Levy or Sam Levine just just like, man, I feel like we've been playing that game for thirty something years. <laughs> <laughs> he's, 
And he's like, yep. And he's like, that was a really great campaign. Someone should make it into a movie. And then Sam Weir's like, who would watch that? And then it just cuts to like Dungeons and Dragons, well, Honor Among Thieves in theaters this summer or whatever. That's like awesome. it was so perfectly done. And also perfectly done, episode three of season two of the OC. There are, I Joe, n- no sarcasm. I have so few notes on this episode. This episode... I told perfection. you season two is where it's at. Listen, two right now, season season two is three out of four as far as successful episodes in my book. And that's I, I feel like season one had like five episodes that yeah. I'm like, those were great. So they, we're off they to find a beautiful start. Fo- they find their footing for sure. They find their footing, and then I'm told they lose it the next season almost instantaneously. <laughs> uh but Hey, Joe, we'll be back next week with so many more white people problems. listening to the Geekscape Network.